Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fantastical fiction of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian, as Jack Whiteside in Dan Williams' body. I like these. I like them. Gabe, as Roy Arroyo in Declan McDonough's body. The only Cthulhu lore that I actually understand is Odorous Arungus' Cuttlefish of Cthulhu. Matt, as Rocky Arroyo in Jack Whiteside's body. Well, time to get the old virtual dice out of the old virtual dice jail, and hopefully they've learned their lesson. With special guest, Zach, as Carl Kolchak Jr. At least I'm still in my original body. And you have your voice. Well, that's all about to change. So, welcome players. How's everybody doing tonight? Well, and you? My dog's loud. Is that a euphemism? All right, let's fire up the resonator to check for any new letters from beyond. On Facebook, Pierrot LaRousse asks everyone, is there no love for Frankenberry? No. No. No, Frankenberry's the worst. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you do like Booberry? No, two things are allowed to be bad. <laughs> Only one thing is ever allowed to be bad. You said the worst. Yeah, Booberry's the second worst. Oh, good, so it's pretty good. No. <laughs> That's just in, Roy Arroyo loves Booberry. We have three kinds of cereal being the second worst makes you okay. So. Sorry, meatloaf's wrong. Two out of three is fucking terrible. Meatloaf for breakfast is not good. I'd be closer to that than I would be closer to saying that Booberry's edible. Edit that. He said Booberry's edible. We're going to clip that, use it out of context like you would not fucking believe before we begin we need to take a quick commercial break and now a word from our sponsor join us in horta city of a thousand delights located on the azores island of fial our picturesque coastal town offers all the modern conveniences from polaris quad runners to the latest zenith brand tvs heck we even have a channel dedicated to showing the smash hit comedy series, I Love Lucy, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. That zany gal sure gets up to some crazy shenanigans. Feeling lonely? Fear no more. Horta's Pet Stores, one on every corner, offer our island's favorite companion, Catfish, to brighten your mood and put a lopsided smile on your face. Hungry? Just look for Cajo's Taco Fish Trucks. One on every corner, or sniff the air to locate your next meal of fish guts and a wide variety of skillet-fried fillings. Yum! Looking for adventure? Look no further than our extensive hiking trails, leading up the mountainside toward the dormant volcano crater at the top, which is absolutely guaranteed not to become suddenly active again, and or open a gateway to another dimension through which will emerge a once slumbering godlike creature from out of space-time. And that's our glorious city in a nutshell. So grab your fishing pole, head down to the docks at dawn, and watch as the frequent cruise ships arrive with a fresh load of friends. Be sure to welcome them with open arms, a steadfast, unblinking gaze, and a smile that's as white and wide and unwavering as the starshine whirling in the firmament above this fragile and doomed world. Paid for by the Horta Chamber of Commerce in association with H.W. Cruise Lines. And we're back. 
You seem to have a lot of commercials about um, your mouth and throat being filled with things. Fun fact, this idea was stolen from me. Well, I gotta tell you, that is one product and or service I can get behind. Nothing says homegrown ingenuity as much as whatever that was. If I had a hundred million trillion dollars, I would immediately invest point zero 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 one percent in it, give or take. That's like a whole dollar. Now, dear investigators, we continue. Chapter nine Leapfrog Previously on the Lovecraft tapes. The Arroyo brothers, trapped aboard a ghost ship, manage to find the doctor's office where his ruptured corpse watches over some written works which contain crucial clues about their current predicament. Through trial and error, not to mention a little push and shove, Rocky and Roy discover a portal of a different kind. Jack and Carl join forces with Stephen Crumpet, lesser-known thespian and questionable adventurer who turns out to be just the ally they need in Horta when a trio of assassins gives chase. As if the cruel hands of fate have maneuvered our investigators exactly where it wants them, they all arrive at the harbor just as dawn breaks the horizon, bringing with it two ships bearing very different cargo. Rocky and Roy you stand in the surgery room staring at one another. Although you can now see the borrowed bodies of your comrades, a certain unmistakable spark in the eyes tells you that your brother is inside. Turning as one, you watch the dim reflection of two misshapen humanoid figures in the mirror as they move away in that other surgery room. It's almost like watching your shadows detach from the bottoms of your feet and go off to live their own lives. Then the image is dispelled as the overhead lights snap on with a brilliant white luminescence. Your own reflections, albeit in Declan's and Jack's bodies, look back at you, along with a stranger behind you at the entrance to the chamber. She is slight of build, has long dark hair, wears a pale green medical smock, and is pushing a cart laden with neatly folded white towels. Her chestnut eyes widen, but there is no fear in them, only curiosity. Hola, eu posso ajudar voce? Quick, pull out the dictionary and tell me what she said. I was going to do that. You didn't need to explain it. Google Translate. Oh, you, you speak English? Yeah. Yes, yes, we, we do. What are you doing here? I also speak Portuguese. He has a dictionary for Portuguese. It doesn't mean he can speak it. That's a really great question. Do you know where here is by chance? This is the surgery room. In a more broad context, where are we right now? Uh, this, uh, this... You are on the ship. In a broader context. <laughs> You're on Earth. Thank you. What ocean are we in? Atlantic? Pacific? I have fucked if I know. That's true. It is all the same ocean. I was pretty dumb to ask that. The one that covers 99% of the world. Ah, the Indian Ocean. Ah, Lake Michigan. We're now in Waterworld? Where's Costner? <laughs> there he goes. You, you just look right over there. You can see him. Waterworld's my favorite movie. Is that you or Declan talking? That's Declan. <laughs> Can I help you? Yes. Um, might you know where we are heading on this ship? Well, maybe you should speak with the captain. I, I am just the nurse. Hey, look at me. I'm the captain now. We need to find the captain. Come, Roy. We have more important things to do than to oh, talk I, to I can take you to him. If I kill the captain, do I become the captain? No, Roy, you don't. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. It's how it works with governors. Captain Santos can help you. Santa? Ho, 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 ho. Yes, if you wouldn't mind taking us to the captain, that'd be very helpful. Yes, uh, follow me. 
and she puts the cart aside and uh, takes you out into the hallway. And you remember from the hallway previously that it was run down, disgusting, and rusty. Like a rusty trombone. You dumb idiot. <laughs> Better than a dirty Sanchez. <laughs> so you, you walk out of the surgical room. All of the lights are on. The emergency lights are no longer lit. And there are people bustling along in the hallways. Everything looks in pristine condition, very clean. And I've pulled up the map of the uh, survivor deck where the uh, hospital is located. And she's leading you essentially back towards uh, the doctor's office and the reception to take you up onto the main deck. And she's, you know, leading you down the hallway, sort of smiling sweetly back at you. and All teeth. Rocky. Yes, Roy. How do we know we can trust her? Look, we have more important things to worry about right now, mainly stopping the cult of Dagon from ending the world, in case you have forgotten. I don't know if we're going to really be able to do that if we get tied up in some German sex dungeon. Just saying. This is not the time to, to tell others about your sexual fantasies. It's not a fantasy if it comes true every Sunday, baby. I don't care what you and Greta get up to in the bedroom, okay? I think you do. You just asked. I do. Tell me more. As for the Lovecraft tapes after dark... <laughs> And she takes you out into outside the reception and doctor's office. She sort of glances nervously at the doctor's office, the door of which is closed. I'm going to tap right on the shoulder, if you don't mind stalling for just one second. And I'm going to, to slip inside reception and take a peek through the window into the doctor's office. I put on the charm. What am I going to do? <laughs> I'm going to sing the most romantic song ever to her. Oh, God. I'll grab her hand. Look. There's something I've always wanted to tell you, and I just don't know how to say it. And I'll pull her closer. Macho, macho man. I'm gonna be your macho man. Oh, good lord. I'm not even gonna make you roll for that one. That was great. She just melts in your arms. <laughs> She's like just looking up at you with what those wide eyes, with a mixture of disbelief, horror, and maybe just a little bit of love. It gets lonely on a boat, I guess. She seems a little mesmerized. Plus, Declan has a beautiful voice. So, Rocky, you, you open up the door to reception, and there's uh, someone sitting at a desk there, a woman with uh, white hair, sort of older. You're going to sing to me? Hola? Uh, yes, hello. Uh, if you don't mind, I just... Um, yes, hello? I just need to take a peek in the window here one second, if you don't mind. Pervert. And I'm just going to go over and try and see through the window. And... The window is curtained. Damn. Oh, so much for that. My mortal enemy curtains. Um, you wouldn't happen to know when the doctor would be back in, would you? By by any chance. Why don't you go ahead and give me a persuade? I needed a 40 and I rolled a 76. And I'm still screwed from last week. Did yeah. you have an appointment? I don't recognize you. Uh, no, I just arrived on the, the ship and I was, um, you know, maybe feeling a little nauseous. Maybe, you know, I was hoping I had something for... I see. Well, uh, it looks like uh, Nurse Maria is there. Maybe she can help you? Of course, yes. But thank you very much. Back out and close the door. Great. Why don't you give me a spot hidden? I needed a 60. I rolled a 54. That's a success. Nice. So as you are closing the door, you notice that she picks up a phone gonna shoot it out of her hand you're back out in the hallway and you see roy holding maria's hand and singing to her look over at him give him the two thumbs up mouth good job and then i'm gonna go over and see if i can open the door to the doctor's office just to check uh, it is locked damn what are you looking for Oh, I was just um, wondering if the doctor was in. You see, he's an old friend of mine. I was uh, hoping to, to stop by and say hello. Ooh, that sounds like some sort of subterfuge. What would that be? Um, can I intimidate her into believing? 
Doesn't sound like intimidate to me. I can psychology her into believing. That. Sounds like either persuade or charm, but probably persuade. I needed a 40. I rolled a 59. That's a fail. It's funny. She, he never mentioned you. I think you should speak with the captain. Captain Santos couldn't tell you more. Please follow me. And she drops Roy's hand. Before you know it, you find yourself led up onto the forecastle deck, which once upon a time was full of zombies. And there is a figure standing at the bow. I'm king of the world. Maria turns around and leaves you. And all around the ship is a fog bank. So you can't see anything except on the port side, a few hundred feet away is another ship. I've seen this movie. They're all lepers. They're leopard people. It's a ghost ship. Of all the ship-based movies to be in. I was hoping for Poseidon Adventure or maybe Speed 2, but... I was hoping for Titanic. I was hoping for Jason Takes Manhattan. Nice. Oh, yeah, that'd be another good one. Deep Rising would be so much better. Yes, oh, it would. yeah. Absolutely. To the port side, a couple hundred feet away, is the ghost ship that you were on not too long ago. And behind that ship are dark clouds sort of chasing it with, again, that sheet lightning. But it seems to be just isolated to the rear of that boat. Around this boat is just a thick fog bank where you can't see very far. Although you can see blue sky above. And as you approach the captain, he turns and smiles at you. You see a sadness in his eyes. He's an older gentleman. It looks like he's probably in his late 60s, early 70s. White hair, short white beard, captain uniform. His skin is tan, leathery. He has laugh lines, but right now his eyes just look haunted perfect man and he turns and greets you with his hands behind his back he looks at you curiously as you approach sup capt what you got in your hands there you are english american yes americans i see how did you come up this boat i don't recognize you and we haven't seen anybody since we left lisbon a few days back how did you get on this boat well this is my boat convenient this is the caldara branca i was born on this boat would you by chance happen to be heading to the port quarter yes how how did you know i'm gonna pull out the doctor's journal Uh, is there someone on this boat as Dr. Coney. Yes, he's been missing for a day or so. I was hoping he would be here and that I could talk to him about some things, but apparently that's not much of an option. Do you think he has anything to do with that? And he nods his head in the direction of the other boat. Why don't each of you get me a spot hidden? Uh, I needed a 60. I rolled a 26. That's a hard success. I need a 70. I got an 85. It's a failure. Rocky, as you uh, follow his gaze to the rust bucket, you notice a couple things. First, you notice that the ship is moving at a very fast clip, and that ship is moving at exactly the same speed as this one. And with your great hard roll, you also see the name of the other ship. The words have been rusted and sort of pitted and fallen off in places, but you can just make out with the help of what he said that the other ship's name is Caldera Preta. Well, this may sound a bit confusing, but I do believe that uh, we came from the other boat. Wait, what boat? I'm gonna grab his head and crank it to the side so he's looking at the other ship. I do believe that you're not actually a doctor. Dr. Coney is responsible for all of this. Yes, I suspected as much. I went by his his office earlier and the door was uh, locked. You wouldn't by chance have a set of keys that we could use to get in there, would you? And he looks down at the deck of the ship 
and then looks back up with great sadness in his eyes. And he says, I am sorry, my friend, but there is no time for that. And suddenly you hear a siren rent the air. It is a piercing siren, and it's very close. All three of you swivel your heads to the port side, of course, towards the ghost ship. And you see, moving past, in between the two ships, is a beacon tower. And it is moving very quickly past you. And the captain says, I believe we are here in Horta. And the fog bank lifts, and you can see both ships barreling towards the docks. You might want to hit the brakes. And Rocky, you see Dan standing on the dock next to another stranger looking up at you. And your first reaction is to start waving your hands in warning because they're about to get crushed. Yes, you, there's a giant fucking ship coming this way. You might want to move. Oh, wait, now I see it. And please tell me you did not attend the Prometheus school of running away from things, because that's not going to get you anywhere except kill. Rocky and Roy, you see... Dan, Jack, you fight the urge to rub your eyes like a cartoon character who can't believe what he's seeing. To the right of the jetty is a rusted, weather-worn rescue ship with barely visible markings on the side that read Caldera Preta. To the left of the jetty is the mirror image, a pristine, nearly new rescue ship with the name emblazoned on the side, Caldera Branca. Up on the forecastle deck are two familiar faces, Declan and... you? At first, it seems they're waving at you, but now, this close, you can tell they're flailing their hands in the air frantically as a warning. The proximity siren of the beacon tower blares ominously. Nausea lurches up from your stomach and a tidal wave of dizziness threatens to drown your consciousness. Are you here or are you there? You suppress an involuntary giggle, in Dan's voice of course. Are you here or are you there? I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll. No, I'm good. Should you stay or should you go now? I needed an 81. I got a 39. That's hard. All right. You take one sanity point from seeing your body up on the deck of the ship barreling down at you. I'm trying to figure out why they're waving their arms, but I can't hear anything over those stupid sirens. I just stand there numb and frozen. There's nothing I can do. Well, it's a good way to slap him and tell him to start running. Carl, Jack or Dan or whoever he thinks he is, staggers back from the docks. You can't blame him. The two ships are approaching fast. Too fast. In mere seconds, they'll both collide with the shoreline at a fair clip. If you stay here, you may be crushed. The closed storefronts at your back offer no safe haven. Running down the jetty toward the beacon at the far end might offer safety, if the outcropping can withstand the seismic impact to come. Or, with a little luck, sprinting left might get you to those stairs at the far end, which lead up to the town square. Or, if you're really quick, pivoting right might take you to the harbor master's office. Or, perhaps you have a better idea? Just hold on to me tight, Carl. So, India starts playing in the background. Since Dan Jack did make his sanity roll, you can also choose what to do. Carl! I grab his arm. To the stairs, man! Worst superhero ever. You were supposed to be stunned. I really wanted to slap you and say the same thing. I'm into that. And you simultaneously say, to the stairs, man. What are you doing? Come on, we have no time for this. Later. Actually, <laughs> let's go towards the uh, the end of the, uh, get away from the, the crash. Good idea. Let's do it. 
We're going to run towards the beacon. Hand in hand, we're going to run in slow motion. Dun, 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 dun. Chariots of fire in the background. I'm going to need both Carl and Jack to make luck and dex rolls. No. You didn't say anything about dex. Nope. Goodbye, everybody. I needed a 60. I got a <gasps> one. Carry me into the unknown. I needed a 13 for luck. I rolled a 66. So I failed both my rolls. He critted and hard both of his. Seeing the impending crash of the ships onto the docks, Carl and Jack immediately start running down the jetty. Rocky and Roy, I'm going to need you guys to brace for impact, and I'm going to need you each to roll a dexterity, please. I needed a 60, I rolled a 45, that's a success. I needed an 80, I got a 27, that's a hard success. You guys both immediately recognize the danger, and squat down, bracing yourself against the wall of the deck, compacting yourself as best as possible. You notice the captain just simply stands erect, looking out at the ocean. And you hear both ships just smash into the shoreline. Can I try and grab the captain? Give me a... I guess a dex is fine. Oh, I needed a 60. I rolled an 83. That's a failure. The captain sees you reach out to him, and he shakes his head sadly. And as the impact occurs, he is thrown overboard, and his body crashes onto the crumbling docks uh, amidst the stone and everything. And his body just crumples in a twisted lump of flesh and blood. I give that a 3.8. Why is he so sad? Because he met you. He's not anymore. He's just trying to give you the opportunity to be captain. Oh, okay. Hey, Roy, you're the captain now. As the ships simultaneously crash into the shoreline, Carl and Jack, you feel the jetty start to tremble beneath your feet. And ahead of you, the beacon tower loses its moorings and tips over onto the caldera Preta, the dark rusted ship. Ooh, nice. And Jack, the ground beneath your feet completely crumbles, and you feel yourself sliding toward the water at the base of the Caldera Branca. Since Carl rolled a critical on his decks and a hard on his luck, I will allow one single dex roll to grab his hand before he slips into the water. And I need a 60. I got a four, which is Holy extreme crap. success. You ripped my arm out of socket. One long sweep. You're right back up in your feet like next to me. Like you, you, no. So you're the one who stole all my luck from my last session. He pulls me up so hard that I land on the ghost boat. And we win. I give that a 9.8. You just got to remember to, you know, stick the landing. Gross. Jack is miraculously saved at the last second. Even though you left me behind on the roofs, I got you. That was brilliant. You know what this means? Parkour time. It is utter chaos at the docks. Both ships have plowed into the mainland, their hulls breached irreparably. From the jagged gaps lurch the undead, arms outstretched, eager for fresh meat. Police appear on the scene from seemingly nowhere, their batons swinging against the hordes. Screams and ghastly moans fill the dust-clogged air. Two humanoid figures stride into the Fuhrer, their glistening black goo bodies turning this way and that, searching for something or someone. Fire the cannons! Oh, straighten my jacket, dust myself off a bit. <clears throat> well, that was it is unpleasant. I have been through worse. 
Are you okay, Roy? Or are you just... Yeah, I'll live. I'm not a big baby like you are, so... And take a second to, to survey the aftermath. Oh, oh goodness. Uh, well, it seems the undead from the other ship are now ripping people apart. Well, then let's get out of here. Yes, yes, that that might be a good idea. And I don't see the uh, the two black goo things coming towards us right now. Oh, uh, yeah, you absolutely do. Do I see any like easy way down and off of the ship? There is a huge breach in the hull in both of these boats. You think if we go through the mirror, it'll just teleport us across the <laughs> across to the other boat? No, it'll just replace the two black figures with us. Oh, then we're the bad guys. I'm going to point out to the two black goo things coming towards us and say, um, I don't think those two gentlemen are particularly friendly. We got to get out of here. All right, then let's, let's find our way out. And I'm going to... Out? We got to go up. You think those things can climb? You want to go further... I was saying we should get off the boat and then onto the dock because we'd have a lot more options of places to go instead of, you know, being confined to a ship. All I'm saying is those things probably move faster than us. And you think that they can't climb? Do they not have knees? I don't see knees. I'm pretty sure they have knees. They look somewhat like us. Oh, they might actually have a somewhat human anatomy, so they probably have knees and... All right, then I'll go and I'll dive off the boat into the water. Ooh, that's pretty high up. I'll live. Maybe. Go ahead, give me a swim roll. A swim roll? I'm not doing that. No, I lied. <laughs> I was wrong. Mulligan. I haven't done it yet. I was just talking out loud thinking about it. Um, We got to figure this out. We got to get off this boat. Yes, and the easiest way out is probably going to be down through the giant hole underneath us. Oh, the giant hole that they just walked into? Look over the side of the boat. Well, I'll be damned. They did, didn't they? I mean, we could jump off the side of the boat. I don't swim very well. And neither do I. It's kind of a useless skill. Oh, here's a new idea. I'll break some wood and throw it in and use it to float. All I'm saying is that we need to think this through, because if we don't do this right, things could end up very poorly for us. We only got about three options here, Rocky. You jump off the front of the ship and I'll use you as a landing pad. Ah, fuck it. And I'll go and I'll jump into the water. Alright, uh, go ahead and give me a swim roll there. Oh boy. I needed a 20. I got an 81. That's a big fail. You go flailing over the side, and the boats were traveling very fast, and so they brought quite a wake behind them, and that wake is still sort of slamming into the into the pier. And so you smack the water at a very unnatural angle. Belly flop. Oh, bugger. If you fumble and land on I'm gonna I'm gonna look around and see if they keep any of those like emergency flotation devices around the front of the ship. Give me a luck roll. I needed a fifty one and I rolled a twelve. That's a hard success. Absolutely. You, you see one, yeah. I'm gonna grab it and then I'm gonna jump off the boat after Roy. <laughs> Wee Alright, go ahead and give me a swim roll with a bonus dice. You land on his neck. I hate you. I needed a twenty, I rolled a one hundred. Your legs shatter on impact. Go ahead and roll me a D six, please. I rolled a five. You take five points of damage as your face slams into a piece of broken board. OMG. I'm down to six hit points. Did you get some wood splinters in your teeth? Rocky is barely conscious. Carl and Jack Dan. Oh, we're still alive, so that's a plus. Turn to Carl and say, thank you so much for saving me, man. I was goner. Anytime, Dan. We got to get off of this. The damage was much worse than we thought. I, I don't know how to stop these boats now. I think they're stopped. <laughs> Let me rephrase. I don't know how to stop the horrible crap coming off the, the deadly cargo that we are supposed to be stopping. Is this signaling the end? It's just the beginning. I don't know, but we got to stop it. 
I don't have a gun. So I'm going to swing around and look back towards the where we came from. See if it's clear. Are any of the things coming down the, the pier towards us? Currently, nothing seems to be coming down towards you guys. I think we should go back. Uh, this doesn't look too stable. We need to get back on, uh, on, on solid land. I agree. We probably should look for survivors. All right, let's go. <laughs> I just like your voice that way. All right, let's do it. So let's uh, head back up the dock. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Come on, Pluto. We have to find the survivors. Uh-huh. We're going to head back towards the um, where we came from. Why don't you give me a listen roll, please? Uh, Needed 43, got a 19, a hard success. I need a 25, I got a 24. That's a success. Jack, you hear a couple splashes. Carl, you hear a couple splashes, but also like a bone-crunching sound as well. Carl, did you hear that? I think we should avoid that. It sounded like a crunch and a splash. It could be booberry cereal. Go, 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 go. As we go that direction, I am going to snap a few shots of whatever those things are going up the other way. The zombies? I've never seen a zombie. I don't know what that really is. I'm, I'm not sure if I want to quite say the Z word yet. All right. I'm going to run past the, the crashed boat to my right, heading towards the stairs. And then after hearing that sound, I'm going to quickly look to my right towards the water. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden. I need a 77 and rolled an 84. That's a fail. You look out to the water and you see basically just a bunch of wreckage, pieces of the boat floating in the water. Coral! Dan! Jack! All right, we got to keep moving. You go ahead and call out your roll there, Carl. I need an 80. I got a 98. Still fail. Sorry, guys. So you guys both just see, I mean, must have been just pieces of the boat falling off. Any other um, normal people coming off this one? You don't see anybody, actually. Any, like, screams of injured folks on the inside or? Definitely you do hear the echoes of screams coming from deep within the boat. Joke's on you. I got five more characters ready to go. Maybe we should go on the boat to see if there's anybody that needs help. Are you serious? Well, I'm not getting on that boat, and they're all running into town, and we don't have a way to stop them right now. Yeah, I guess you're right. We gotta help where we can help. Actually, I was going for chaotic evil death cleric. Uh, sir, you're in the water, we think. And dead. You should just be saying blub, blub, blub right now. <laughs> We're, I'm going to survey the, the boat where it crashed in and see if there's any way, easy way into the boat. Yeah, it's a gaping hole in the front. Oh, nice. I'm going to pull my trousers down. There's a gabe-sized hole. That was my nickname in high school. The gaping hole. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I grab Carl and uh, I'm like, all right, let's get in there. But we got to move quick. If this thing is sinking, we're in trouble. Getting onto the boat looking for survivors. So and maybe somebody can tell us why there's two boats that look almost the same with weird Ooh. shit on one. Are you okay? Hey, why are there two boats? And Jack, as you peek into the hull of the boat and are just about ready to go inside, you hear a familiar voice behind you. And the voice says, Den, where are you going, my friend? shit oh it's the guy that tortured me yeah oh i hate that guy yeah that guy's just the worst actually i kind of liked him you know it's what i do on the weekends i acknowledge that i recognize the voice i i shudder in and freeze for a millisecond but keep pushing forward to try to get into the ship is he the only one that hears that voice oh no you hear it as well. Oh, shit. I'm starting to like, run onto the boat, away from the voice. Jack and Carl step onto the boat, and you guys are standing in kind of a wrecked area of the hold. And you can see that there is water seeping into several cracks in the hull. Looking around for, like, a big wrench or something laying there that could act like as a club. Give me a luck roll. I don't think we should go to the club now. This isn't not the good time. He's going clubbing. Baby seals. Shit. Uh, so I need a 38. I got a 50. So, yeah, you look around quickly and you see, you know, bits of 
twisted metal and uh, shattered lights, but nothing appears to be heavy enough or uh, useful enough to provide a weapon of sorts. And you see the ceiling has buckled slightly, and then the corridor continues deeper into the darkness. Hello, is anybody there? No. All right, let's get out of here, Carl. Go ahead and give me a listen. 2585, I failed royally. Uh, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I need a 43, I got 84. Everything seems to be drowned out by the sounds behind you of the police battling the undead or whatever they are, the waves crashing against the dock, and the siren is still warbling. Yeah, that would make it difficult to hear. I look at Carl and I nod towards further into the ship. To see what he wants to do, because obviously communication is going to be tough. I, I point at you and I shrug. I'm like, uh, which way? I raise my left arm and I do the curved motion to bring him with, to have him follow me. And we go further into the ship. And the darkness is becoming much more complete. Emergency lights? Uh, no, there's no electricity anymore on this boat. The crash took care of that. I put my arm out like you do with a, when you're coming to a quick stop at a stoplight, and I, I hold Carl back. That's my move. Yeah, I'm not sure if we really should go into total darkness. I don't have a flashlight, son. I just look at him and I shake my head no, that it's not safe. Yes, that I agree to your no. So I said, yes, we should go forward, or no, we should go forward. Yes, I agree. <laughs> no, no, I start stepping back, back towards the entrance again. Okay, so you guys turn around. And Roy, you got the semi-conscious form of Rocky floating next to you. Is he right next to me? Yes. Well, then I can grab onto the life preserver. And I do that, and I start going towards land, not having to swim because we're being perfectly floated by the life preserver. Give me a spot hidden, please. I need a seven, I got an eight, that's an extreme. You're dog paddling with the life preserver in one hand and dragging it as best you can, trying to ride the swells from the disruption in the waves, but also not to have it smash you against the rubble of the shoreline. And you see someone, you can't quite tell who they are, but it appears to be an imposing figure striding towards the hull of the boat up on the dock level with two other people dressed in robes. And you cast a glance up to the ship, the Caldera Branca, and you see two familiar humanoid forms standing above, looking down at you. Who are they? Roy, up on the top deck, the forecastle deck where you guys had jumped from, you now see Rocky and Roy looking down at you with lopsided grins. And their shapes are sort of shifting slightly, turning humanoid, black goo, humanoid, back to your old bodies, shifting. Okay. I'll still go to land. And then they dive into the water. Oh, great. <sighs> and at the moment they hit the water... They turn into black goo. Oh, shit. I ain't into that. So it's like a Sandman from Spider-Man 3 thing, right? Where they just can't hold themselves together and just dissolve out into the large quantity of water around them and they're never to be seen again. Imagine being made of sand. Jack and Carl, let's switch back to you real quick. So you turn back and head back towards the breach in the hall. You see a familiar shape with two other recognizable shapes. Jack, you see Cygnus... Standing, smiling at you, and two of the cultists' assassins who had chased you on the rooftops, flanking him. And he says, Dan, where are you going? 
Don't you need friends? And he throws something at you. It rolls into the hull breach and stops at your feet. It's Kajo's head. I grab Carl's sleeve and I pull him back into the ship and we recede back in to try to find another exit. And I tell him the more I can stay away from them, the less chance they'll be able to complete the ceremony. Roy. So you're paddling towards the shoreline. Rocky is barely conscious. Probably no way that you're going to get him up that crumbling embankment. I won't try. He'll die. Joke's on you. I have seven more characters waiting. But you have reached a spot where you can sort of reach with your toes and feel the bottom. All right. I'll do that. I'll just give it a feel. Centrally caress the bottom with his toes. Feels nice. I'm glad it feels nice. That makes me feel better. And you feel something... Reach out and touch your ankle. Reach out and touch me. From deeper in the water. All right. I don't want to be here anymore. I'll I'll head towards land. He's only almost unconscious, so I'll punch him in the face and cause no damage, just a wake-up punch, and get him awake so he can walk himself. And then I'll go up, and that way I don't have to worry about him. Joke's on you. I got nine characters ready to go. All right, dude. So, all right, then if he's so keen on using other characters, I'll abandon him, let him die, and move on myself. You're trying to rouse him, right? A first aid roll? I guess it's got to be that, though I'm not excited about it. I need a 34. I got a 68. That's a fail. So Rocky remains semi-conscious in a stupor. Is there anywhere along the bank line that's sort of, like, easier to get up with him? Give me a spot hidden. I need a 70. I got a 25. That's a hard. I'd say, yeah, there's uh, probably right here, just a few feet away. It looks like it's probably crumbled to the extent where it's sort of a, just a embankment sliding down. You might be able to do that with a appropriate dex roll, I would say. And I needed an 88 out of 77. That's a successful dex roll. Rocky, I'm going to need you to make a dex roll. I needed a 60. I rolled a 48. That's a successful dex roll. About halfway up the embankment that Roy is dragging you, still with the ring around you, (laughs) you come to. You feel something tugging on your ankle, and you see Rocky, your own body, trying to pull you back into the water. This is how you get back to your real body. Just let it happen. Do I still have my gun on me, or did I lose that somewhere in the whole incident of the ship crashing and things falling? And It would, might be wet. How's a wet gun working for you? Actually, most modern firearms still function fairly well because everything is self-contained. Yeah, do your thing. Fire underwater. I needed a 74. I rolled a 52. That is a success. And I hit my black goo self for three points of damage. It's the goo guys. I actually have named Goo Rocky and Guru. <laughs> They're the Goo Goo Dolls. It's Guroy. Sounds like an enemy from the Ghostbusters cartoon. Goo Rocky needs to make a con roll. And boom. Damn. So he's got a major wound, but it manages to maintain consciousness. Uh, Roy. I'm going to keep running. All right. Where are you running to, buddy? Do I see these stairs up here? Indeed you do, yes. Then that direction. You're just going to leave Rocky there? He can move. Joke's on you. I got 26 more characters ready to go. Uh, is Goo Rocky still holding on to me? No. Okay, so I'm going to push to scramble up the bank and follow... Roy towards those stairs. Go ahead and give me a dex roll, please. I needed a 60. I rolled a 92. That's a failure. All right. We're going to say that you scramble up, but collapse on the embankment. Lovely. Goo Rocky is going to scramble up and lean over Rocky, his mouth yawning wide open. And I'm going to need you to make a constitution roll, please. 
I needed a 50. I rolled an 84. That's a failure. Carl and Jack, you're moving deeper into the darkened vessel. I've got a Zippo, so I'm going to pull that out and light it and see what kind of, if it gives me any type of light to uh, to navigate by. I, I think it would also be wise if, like, basically any uh, uh, stairs or ladders that go up that we should take so we stay above the waterline. Yeah, definitely. You've maneuvered through the corridors, probably a good 50, 60 feet. Jack, you stumble upon the mangled remains of a staircase, but it does lead upwards, and it does appear to be just slightly skewed and still anchored at the top. Carl, let's try to navigate this up. What do you think? Uh, I agree. I think we should get uh, high and as far back as possible. Now is not the time to smoke, but I think we should climb motion for him to get in front and i'm going to support his back as he goes up just keep a hand on your back and climb up with you using you for balance and pushing yeah i'm definitely going to go up the steps and work my way up slowly and carefully you easily attain the upper level and here you find more tangled wreckage uh, hatches that went to individual rooms thrown open or off their hinges now inside you can see uh, some mangled remains of people who potentially didn't survive the crash. You also noticed a few folks who appear to have these jagged gashes in their chests. Oh, crap. And you find another set of stairs leading upwards. And you can see daylight at the top of the stairs. The jagged slashes, are they obviously from a something um, explainable? It kind of looks like fingers. Does it look like they like ran into a a hatchway that caused it? Or yeah, like you said, claws. Go ahead and roll. Needed 25, got 11, which is a hard success. Yeah, quite clearly it is somebody made these scratches deep enough into these people's bodies to kill them. It appears that they were going for the heart. Jack, there's something else on here, so... Do you think we should still go up or should we try to find a place to hide? Somebody's going to go kill us if we try to leave and something might kill us if we keep going. I kind of like the might over the will. Yeah, I think you're right. Let's keep going. So you mount the staircase carefully ascending and you find yourself on one of the upper decks of the ship. It appears to be the forecastle. And you can see Horta in front of you. Smoke is rising. You can hear screams coming from the docks below. Carl, have you heard anybody screaming for help at all since we entered? Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm looking to see if we can recognize anybody else that we might possibly know that might need to get out of the water and onto the boat again. And I'm going to surveil the, the area that we came from, so the main landing area. Carl, you look down onto the docks and you see Cygnus and the Assassins, but they no longer seem interested in the boat. As a matter of fact, they've moved off slightly and they're giving chase to someone at the far end of the docks who appears to be running headlong towards the staircase at the far end. And you also see another person lying with one of those black goo monster thingies on top of him. And you see this sort of glowing substance emanating from out of the person's mouth into the black goo monster's mouth. I draw Jack's attention and, like, we don't have to worry about Cygnus anymore, but what the hell is that? And, Jack, you come and see this basically the same sort of thing. And you see another black goo monster swimming towards the shoreline. And then you hear the scream of jets flying overhead. They scream past the village of Horta, continue along their path very quickly. The noise drowning out the siren. And then you hear the 
of carpet bombing on the mountaintop. Roy, as you're running towards the stairwell, you see to your right, off in the distance, ships approaching fast. They're still maybe a mile away, but they appear to be flying many different flags. Tune in next time as we complete Chapter 9, Leapfrog. My one phone call to a, a fellow reporter got more done than your call to the right? FBI. The press rocks. Yeah. Roll D100, please. I rolled a 28. Zach rolled an 83. Jeremy rolled a 54. Gabe rolled a 92. Gabe, why don't you start us off with your recommendo? So I'm going to recommend a card-ish, board-ish type game. It's more of a card game than anything, but, you know, there's a little board, and I don't know what to call it, so nerds don't yell at me on Twitter. The board is really only used for measurements. It's called Red Dragon Inn. It's a game about after the adventure of your quest, where you all go back to the tavern and drink and tip the waitress and just have a good time and gamble. And basically, there's three mechanics. There's drinking, there's tipping the waitress, and there's gambling. At every turn, you take a drink, and that drink affects your health in some way. And if you drink too much, you die. But also, if you run out of coins, you have to leave the table. There's gambling mini-games that you can uh, do to try and join it, get coins or lose coins. And sometimes you have to tip the waitress if there's cards that make you do that, because she's a hard-wooking lady, and you gotta give her some, some loving with your coin. It's a great party game. The initial game is four, but there's a a lot of expansions that I think we did the math. I think as of right now, you could do 117 people if you wanted to. I've never done it with more than four, so, but that'd be interesting. But it's just a lot of fun, and, you know, I've never done it, but if you turned it into a real drinking game, that would also be very interesting, I assume. So that's Red Dragon Inn. Nice. Nicely done. And next up is... Go ahead, Zach. I don't think you guys have covered it. I'd like to recommend uh, Fortune and Glory, a board game. It's set in the pulp 30s era, 40s era, prior to really World War II. But it's a uh, world-expanding... Uh, uh, you're, you're basically all heroes from the pulp culture going around the world trying to find artifacts so you can get the idols like Indiana Jones, get oh. it back to your home uh, cities to turn it in for fortune. The coolest mechanic of it, though, is mm. every time you're trying to uh, to actually find an idol, uh, you actually basically flip a deck and it gives you, an, you know, a situation. You know, uh, you're in a plane and there's no more gas. Uh, you're in a car chase. It gives you a stat to roll against. The cool mechanic is it's called cliffhanger. If you fail that roll, you flip the card over and it actually gives you the cliffhanger. If it was the, uh, the plane ro- uh, was out of gas, now the cliffhanger might be, and there's no parachutes, but you have to wait till your next your next turn to actually resolve the cliffhanger. So you're stuck in a cliffhanger like the old serials. the uh, The other cool thing is it can either be played against each other, or you can play it co op for all the players against the board by putting a uh, organization on. And you can go very easy, like uh, basically mafia organization is trying to get more fortune than the uh, the heroes. But the uh, the main uh, main bad guys from the main board game is the Nazis. So you get to basically play Indiana Jones going against the Nazis, trying to stop them from gaining the idols and such and kicking down their organizations and find their headquarters and taking them out just so you can get the stuff. But they actually have an expansion called the um, the Crimson Hand. Very Cthulhu-esque. Everybody has tentacles. They're cultists. Uh, they're trying to basically create some sort of ritual
ritual by getting all these objects together. And then, you know, you're again, they're the shadowy organization. But they did a really good job of trying to do a little bit of uh, Cthulhu mythos in this pulp world without actually trying to make it a horror game. So it's all adventure, uh, really good mechanics, and it's uh, world spanning. It's, it seems hard to learn, but once you got the rules down, it's pretty easy. It's just a lot of um, caveats to rules. So, you know, combat's this way, and you ba- I had to basically write my own little uh, flow chart so that we could go through combat very easily. But very, very cool game. And all the artwork is uh, real people in costumes, so, like, none of it's drawn. Cool. So they took a lot of good time. It's uh, Flying Frog Productions, I think, mm. is the other uh, company. Um, same ones that did, like, Last Night on Earth and... Uh, a few other co-op games fortune and glory cool yeah that sounds like a lot of fun all right i believe i am next so i am going to recommend the 2017 horror movie if you can call it that tigers are not afraid directed by Issa lopez starring paulo laura juan ramon lopez ianis guero rodrigo cortez tenac huerta hansel casillas And without being too spoilery, this is a movie about a young girl named Estrella in modern-day Mexico who is given three wishes in the form of broken chalk by her teacher during a school shooting. She envisions a fairy tale world of young princes, wild animals, and mystical places as an escape from the real world of drug lords and murderous gangs who have taken over her village. They killed the men, they kidnapped the women, and do much worse than that. She joins forces with a group of very young boys who have all lost their parents. Plot weaves a spell of magical realism with clever use of animation and gorgeous cinematography, contrasted with bloody violence and an undercurrent of the supernatural, which is kind of the saving grace, I think. Otherwise, it would just be a drama. But there is uh, some spooky, spooky things going on here. In the end, uh, this movie is about the loss of innocence and the death of innocence, who often go unnoticed, barely existing at the fringes of the world. I won't lie, it is a tearjerker. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's it's very heartfelt, very emotional, and it just rings true. I saw it on Shudder, where it is currently, I believe, available exclusively. And that is Tigers Are Not Afraid. All right, I believe, Brian, you're up next. I'm going to recommend Cutthroat Kitchen. It's a uh, cooking show, which I normally honestly don't watch any of the cooking shows, but my daughter turned me on to this. It's Alton Brown, and it's got a little sadistic twist to the cooking shows. Every contestant, and there's four of them to start, starts with $25,000 that Alton gives them in cash, actual cash, at their stations. They have three rounds to cook the meals. Each round, a judge comes out, judges their food. But in between that, when that happens, he has auctions for insane things that can happen to the chefs. So what he'll do is he'll have auctions and people can spend their money, the $25,000 that they have, and put that towards sabotaging the other chefs, whether it be cooking the smallest cast iron pan that they've ever seen in their lives, which is basically the size of an egg, and they have to do all of their preparation and cooking in that for that particular challenge. Then at the end of it, whatever money they have left at the end of the uh, competition, if If they win, they get to take home with them. Usually it's about ten to fifteen thousand dollars because they've spent so much trying to uh to challenge everybody. But definitely check it out. It's called Cutthroat Kitchen. It's on Hulu right now, and I'm also I'm all the way up to uh season fifteen. So cool. 
Sounds like a lot of fun. I love Alton Brown. Matthew, can you close this out, buddy? Borderlands 3, the latest entry in the Borderlands series, uh, has recently come out, and it's been pretty much the only thing I've been playing. It's a really great step up from 2, in that it's a lot of, like, quality of life improvements. They added a few really cool things, like, in Borderlands 2, it was everybody got to see the same loot and you kind of had to, you know, compete or fight against people for it. And this one, they give you the option to where everybody sees their own individual loot pool. So there's no more worrying about your friends stealing that gun that you really want. They refine the movement system. Brian will test this. The movement in this game is awesome. Uh, they let you run at a really good clip. You can slide, which is a lot of fun because you get like a movement speed boost from sliding. You can like slide down hills and stairs and you go farther and faster. They did a good job diversifying the guns this time around every single manufacturer but i think they're like i want to say nine but there might be more each have like their own cool unique little little gimmick in what they produce so you have some some companies that you know have multiple firing modes on their guns there are some that allow you to swap between two different elemental types on the fly uh there's one that has you know sticky rockets that you you literally shoot and they stick to people when you reload they all explode at once it's more borderlands but it's better which is exactly what i wanted from from another entry in the series it is a lot of fun and i'm really really enjoying it and i look forward to to continuing through the story and leveling my my character to become even more insanely powerful all right guys well thank you very much for those recommendos and that's going to be it for this episode of the lovecraft tapes thank you for listening please subscribe on apple Podcasts, google music podbean spotify stitcher or anywhere you download your writer podcasts if you like what you hear please leave us a review and tell matt how gorgeous he is Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anybody wants to hit me up with ideas for new characters, because I can never have enough of those, you can hit me up on Twitter at TheRealWeirdKid. And if I seem emotionally cold and distant, let me just say it's not my fault. And if anybody wants to console me through losing a brother that I didn't like, you can find me at LovecraftGabe. Here's an edible arrangement. You can find me on Brian Podcasts if you'd like to, but Discord is better. I'm only on Discord. I'm not uh, as savvy as the rest of these guys. I'm there if anybody wants to say hi. Until next time, roll for goo. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2019. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Hey, Brian. Hey, Matt. You know, I've, I've heard that you're going on a diet. So, you know, everyone, everyone on a diet is always complaining about how, you know, nothing ever tastes very good. You know, it's... It's just bland. You know what I'm saying? Are you saying I'm fat? Yes, I'm saying you're fat. Pay attention. Oh, finally, somebody recognizes it. Okay, what's the what's the deal? So I got this really awesome new spread for you. It's called throat butter. <sighs> I love your spread. Oh, thank you. But what do you think about throat butter? I don't know. Squirt it in there. It, it, oh, it, oh, God. Oh, great. My throat is coated. Yeah, that's that's the idea. See, now that your throat is coated in throat butter, you don't have to taste anything you eat. So that way you don't have to feel guilty about eating the stuff you shouldn't. Now, that won't interfere with my lung butter, right? No. Because I, I need that for my toast. 
Yeah, you know, that that's that's still good. Oh. Well thank you. Can you squirt it in again? Yeah, sure. Oh, oh, oh. Too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it like five seconds so my dogs can stop freaking out. I don't know if you can hear that. Peanut butter, peanut butter. <laughs> Alright, epic.